Welcome to another episode of the Lawn Feed Podcast. Collectively, the Lawn Feed is three dads with a strong passion for DIY lawn care. We deliver everything lawn care to you in a simplified, easy to listen to way in a space where all experience levels are welcome, egos are left at the door, successes are celebrated, and there are no failures. Here, they're called learning moments. I'm Ope, as usual. Alongside me is Andrew from the Dad Bod Lawn, and tonight we are your hosts tonight. Hello. Thanks for having me on, Chris. It's really good to see you. Good to see you too, man. And as always, we'd like to thank our friends over at Twin City Seed for powering this episode and season of the Lawn Feed Podcast, built on their reputation of superior service, accuracy, and sustainability with custom blending and packaging, high-performance products, and a team of dedicated experts. Twin City Seed is a North American leader in giving DIYers the highest quality, a premium and elite grass seed for the next project now through the end of february take 15 percent off all of your pre-orders on turf grass by using code winter 15 and on top of that be sure to get free shipping by pairing it with the code free ship 24 all pre-orders will ship out no later than march 15th 2024 to gear you up for your spring projects twin city seed probably serves all of north america check them out at twincityseed.com and twincityseed.ca and make sure you check out that banner at the top of their website for more details all of north america canada that's a lot a lot of place a lot of place it's a lot of place (laughs) yeah andrew it was it was 50 like five degrees here today january we're recording this on january 31st yeah nuts 47 days till spring it says according to this in 40 minutes but it (laughs) felt like summer today yeah, it's um, it's been warm here too, and it's actually going to even just get warmer um, over the next week. It's going to be like highs in the mid forties, mid to upper forties. I don't know if we're getting winter this year, man. I had Crazy. the pleasure of picking up dog poop in the backyard today because uh, the snow melted mostly. So got wow. out there and got her done. You got to pick say. up after your pups. You got to pick up after your pups. Yeah, it's less to do in the spring if you just you know chip away. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I it felt like it was the beginning of lawn season, and we got a jam-packed episode coming up. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, uh, cool stuff with a lot of cool people tonight. Um, us, Vince took the night off. He's he's doing other things. That's cool. That's hey, fine. Vince, if you're listening, yeah, um, subscribe. But Vince. we got a we got a jam-packed episode filled with a lot of grass stuff. We're going to learn a lot about Kentucky bluegrass tonight. Uh, but before that, we got some uh, dad's wins and losses to talk about. Should we do that? We shall. Let's hit it. Uh, a lawn feed tradition where we tap into who we are at heart, which is dads. We are going to be sharing dad's wins and losses where we tap into our inner father figures and highlight some of our most recent wins we've experienced as parents. And of course, vent about those embarrassing losses that we take each and every single day as dads. And Andrew... You shot me a text earlier and said, I got dad's wins and losses taken care of today. Got you covered. Your ears. Well, let's what start with got? the loss. Uh, I like to finish on a high note. So 
the loss isn't really not much of a loss. So my daughter is in kindergarten, uh, first time in school. She got her first report card finally. Ooh. Yeah. And they do like a one through four rating system. Like four means it's mastered. One means like you need to work on it a lot. Um, We're just not ready for letter grades yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's do numbers because <laughs> letters are hard. Well, it turns out numbers are hard too because she got a one, which is the not good score, in uh -oh. counting one to 100. Um, which I know she knows how to do. Uh, and so, but where she has the issue is she counts like one through 30. And then instead of going 31, 32, 33, she goes like to 70. She goes from like 30 to 71, 72. And we're like, girl, like you forgot like half of it. She um, just didn't want to show her work. Pretty much. Yeah. Carried, it's carried to one. Um, so, but she can count by tens. We're like, count by ten. She's like, 10, 20, 30, 40. I'm like, that's all you do. And then you go 31, 32. Then you get to 39. You say, what comes after 30? It's 40. And so we're working on it. So that is my loss. It's really not a big deal. She's a very bright kid. Um, she just, she puts her shoes on the wrong feet all the time too. But I think she knows she's doing that. And because she does it every time. I'm like, if this was just like, she just didn't know, it would be like 50-50. Like she'd get it right sometimes. So sure. I think she's just messing with us. Let's get on to the win. Um, this past Let's weekend, get to that win. both of my kids actually had sporting events for their first time. Like my daughter's never played basketball ever. And she's at that age. She's six where, um, like basketball is offered. And so mm -hmm. sat, last Saturday morning, she had her first basketball practice where they, they like kind of do some skills training for a half hour. And then they kind of scrimmage another team, um, her age group, uh, yep. for the other half hour. And, you know, we're just sitting in the bleachers with all these other parents and she absolutely loved it. Did great. Um, just really cool to see her out there enjoying something. I knew she would. That was not a concern of mine. My concern was the next day with my son. He had his first learn to skate program. Um, mm. All of last, he's, he just turned three. He's a young pup. And last year we tried to get him on the ice skates outside. Um, and he'd put him on and he would refuse to get on the ice. And uh, we got him on the ice outside a couple weeks ago. And he liked it for about 10 minutes and then just hated it. And so I was really concerned that this is going to be a negative experience. And he actually was like, after his skating experience a couple weeks ago, he was like, I don't want to skate. I don't want to play hockey. I'm like, oh, great. Cue Blippy. There's a Blippy episode where he's at an ice arena yes. skating, talking about a Zamboni, the pro shop, oh, yeah. like playing hockey, the sharpening scavenger skates. Hunt. And so I got my son a pair of hockey gloves and then showed him that Blippy episode a couple nights in a row. And he's just sitting there holding like my phone with these hockey gloves on and he's just like geeked out like just pumped up going into this learn to skate program on sunday and uh the first 10 minutes uh, he cried the whole time it was like reaching for me through the glass like wanting me to come oh, save him no. and i'm just like good job dude you're, you're doing great yeah. and uh it's a half hour long thing in the last like 15 minutes they had him standing up holding on to something and he was skating around a little bit and he just had that look in his eye just like he was so excited and then I, when I went to go get him coming off the ice, I'm like, this is either going to be positive feedback or negative. What's, what's it going to be? And he was like, Dad, I had so much fun. I love my teacher. I, I can't <laughs> wait to play hockey. And I'm like, yes. And the whole way home, that's all he talked about. And now, like tonight, he puts his ice skates on in the living room and tries tying them by himself. And I'm like, oh, I got you, buddy. And he's playing mini sticks and stuff. So he's got the itch. And it's really cool to see because he's super geeked about something. And I played hockey at a fairly high level all through high school 
So not that I play anymore, but um, it's, just, it's just a passion of mine and the sport that I love. And it's cool to see your kids take that on. So, Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I We did the learn to skate thing, and it went the complete opposite of what you just said. <laughs> he, he just <laughs> didn't have blippy. He just needed a blippy. <laughs> have not gone back, but he's obsessed with hockey and loves knee hockey. So oh. one of these days, we're going to get our kids together, and we're going to have a knee hockey tournament. Or there you go. Or yeah. Be pretty good. Heck that's yeah. cool, though. It's sweet to see that. Like That look. There's not much that beats that look as a parent. Or no. You see your kid like love something that much. It's no. pretty sweet. And it's just like, well, I got to take my kid to sporting events and all these practices. <laughs> and, and But to see that look on his face and how excited he was, I'm just like, you know what? This is why you do it. Like, I, I don't push anything on my kids. I let them choose what they want to do. But like, if he said, if he truly didn't want to play hockey, didn't want to ice skate, that would be it. You know, we'd, we'd try this learn to skate thing and that would be it. But yeah. I just see him just like, just running with this now it's cool well good on you man that's sweet that's awesome uh and i'm sure he's obviously pumped too oh, take yeah. after dad and whole deal so i was showing him now some old need, pictures now we just need some snow and ice and cold weather so we can actually yeah. play hockey yeah for free outside <laughs> exactly <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> emptying dad's pockets over here right but um well no that's sweet that's sweet. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that, man. Mm-hmm. I think if uh, if you haven't seen our uh, listened to our last two episodes, we had a couple jam packed episodes in terms of uh, just kind of queuing up the rest of the year, right? We the last two episodes we talked about for season three was road mapping our plan of attack of what your lawn uh, was going to look like or your lawn season was going to look like as you can hit the ground running and just touch on some high level pros and cons. Uh, for each grass type in our last episode. So roadmap and then the pros and cons of each. Uh, We touched on identifying your zone, uh, how to know what grass type is going to be best fit for your location, ultimately what might be best for you and your lifestyle, because that obviously matters, um, because everything is a little bit different. So if you haven't already done so, check out our free guide, What Grass is Best for Me. Uh, It's available on all of our social profiles, as well as thelawnfeed.com to drill down what grass type will be best for you your local environment and lifestyle. And to tag along to our last episode, we're gonna focus on each individual cool season grass type to further help identify what cool season grass, uh, what cool season grasses will be best for you in all of your upcoming projects for the spring, summer, and fall, whenever you plan on uh, touching everything up. So today we're gonna be touching, as I mentioned on Kentucky bluegrass, um, which is a doozy. It's a popular one. And so there's a lot to, mm-hmm. lot to cover. And who better to do this with than a team of experts, turf scientists who live, breathe grass all day long. Uh, So we're going to get to that in a second. Um, But we are going to answer some of those hotly contested questions with our friends over at Twin City Seed. uh, So you can hear their take on Kentucky bluegrass and all that that offered. But Andrew, uh, let's go over some of just kind of like the fine points of KBG and what it all has to offer. Yeah, just real quick, some of those bullet points. Uh, Kentucky bluegrass is kind of known as the queen of turf grass. It is cool season uh, grass, and it's um, in homes, uh, home turf, and all over the world, really. And as long as it's cool season grass, it's a well-managed KBG lawn. can be very lush and appealing. Uh, Many football fields, sports fields, golf courses use Kentucky bluegrass on their playing surfaces. And contrary to its name, it was actually originated in Europe, not Kentucky. Um, and the bluegrass. Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 
the bluegrass is actually derived from the bluish cast on the plant's inflorescence as the seed heads mature. Uh, fun fact for you. Fun fact. But uh, Kentucky bluegrass can also be identified by its boat shape at its uh, blade tips and the V-shaped cross section. And it's well known for its rhizomatous, being rhizomatous and its nature and being self-repair or it can self-repair itself. Uh, it makes it very durable turf, which is why it's a, a really great choice for football fields, golf courses, sporting fields, and in home lawns where wear and tear happens. So that's just some of the bullet points um, that, you know, we'll touch on before we get into a lot more detail here momentarily. So that's all fine and dandy, but why would you as the homeowner need to know about Kentucky bluegrass for your lawn? Uh, what environments is it going to be best suited for to help you make that best decision for you and your yard and your lifestyle? We sat down with our friends at Twin City Seed to break down some of these questions, and this is what they had to say. Take a listen. I'd say that Kentucky bluegrass is kind of the tried and true, you know, old standard of the lawn. Stripes, great middling in terms of maintenance in terms of how much input you need to put into your yard uh, if you're looking for that dark blue green color kentucky bluegrass is kind of the name of the game there it's probably one of the most cold tolerant of the northern species so you have that going for you its ability to survive harsh winters is really great as well those two familiar voices are our friends andy keating general sales manager and james wolfen conservationist from twin city seed for new homeowners, how common is it for Kentucky bluegrass to be in their lawn? Yeah, I'd say 99.9% .9 of sod production out there regionally in northern climates are Kentucky bluegrass. For the most part, new developments, new homes, they work great because there's no trees, there's no shade. Uh, but if you're putting sod into an established neighborhood with mature trees, it's probably not recommended. Uh, probably want to more likely go with the seed blend with some either tall or fine fescue in there to help combat uh, shade from those mature trees. So when folks are looking at their environment, where is Kentucky bluegrass best suited for and where should folks maybe avoid putting Kentucky bluegrass? Ideally, you'd want a full sun yard that can retain some moisture. So if you've got some sandy soils, it's not that you can't get Kentucky bluegrass growing. It's more so that you'd have to keep that irrigation going every now and then, especially during the hot summer months. It's not going to do well in deep shade. It'll, it'll decline. Uh, you'll have good germination, uh, but over time it'll it'll decline. I would go in the tall fescue or fine fescue direction there. Probably poor soil conditions. Uh, I would make sure that you have a good organic matter in your soil if you're deciding on Kentucky bluegrass for sure. And if you are a Kentucky bluegrass purist and you're just dead set on that Kentucky bluegrass, even though you've got some shade in your yard, what I'd say is you really want to dig into the data where if you go looking for it, there are some shade tolerant Kentucky bluegrass varieties. So you're just going to want to be a little bit more selective about what you're using. Yeah, for sure. Check out that Total Eclipse Kentucky bluegrass blend. You're looking at the top cultivars in that blend for shade tolerance in Kentucky bluegrasses. Yeah, when it comes to Kentucky bluegrass genetics, the main things I'm typically look at when I'm looking through those NTEP uh, results, and NTEP is the National Turfgrass Evaluation Program, I think first and foremost, it, it's a genetic color where... You know, at the end of the day, we're all simple. We want to look at our lawn and see something nice and dark and green. And Kentucky bluegrass really, you know, knocks down the doors in that category. So if you look at some of the newer cultivars like a Mazama or even one that's a little bit older but still kind of the standard of midnight, 
when it comes to genetic color, you know, those Kentucky bluegrass, especially those top end varieties, really, you know, still blow people away. I think something else that blows away, you know, the lawn care nuts. Uh, if you're someone who likes real mowing, you know, looking at you, Chris, uh, Kentucky bluegrass, you can take it down to that low height of cut, you know, an inch and a half, an inch, a half inch, whatever your preferred is. If you want to have that golf course look in your home lawn, Kentucky bluegrass allows you to have that. And similar to what Andy said, while giving you a better, you know, disease resistance profile than maybe a perennial ryegrass. Yeah, the, the ability for Kentucky bluegrass also to repair itself once damaged is extremely sought after in a in a grass blender mixture. And that's why you see Kentucky bluegrass in virtually every mix you see on the shelf. Yeah, we were actually just talking about that on the previous episode of just the Kentucky bluegrass's ability to self-repair is probably my favorite characteristic and quality of it for sure, uh, just what I've noticed in my experience. Um, the one thing we haven't touched on is in terms of location, we've touched on the environments a little bit, but in terms of the location, um, what parts of the country, how far north, how far south can a homeowner put Kentucky bluegrass and expect success in their lawn? Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, Kentucky bluegrass's sweet spot is definitely going to be those, you know, cool season turf zones. And once you hit the transition zone, it's not necessarily that I wouldn't use it, but I would at least want to mix in something where we know we're going to have a little bit better heat and drought tolerance where it's very commonplace to mix Kentucky bluegrasses with tall fescues. And the further south you go, certainly in, you know, the Carolinas, uh, Tennessee, Missouri, like Andy said, at least consider mixing in some uh, tall fescues. And if you're still thinking of tall fescues like uh, what they looked like 30 years ago, then the, the modern genetics are going to blow you away, where they really do blend seamlessly with the Kentucky bluegrass now. Yeah, that's a great point. And you bring up genetics. Let's cover that a little bit what do the seed producers look for in a kentucky bluegrass genetically to uh, improve plant genetics uh you know year over year you know whatever have you how do, how does that work and then is there anything upcoming uh that folks should you know look forward to or be be aware of in terms of maybe the evolution of kentucky bluegrass when these seed companies when they're developing their new varieties they're going to be better genetics so it's going to be higher quality it's going to have a better disease package, meaning that it's going to be resistance, have better resistance to different turf grass diseases. Also, probably is going to be more wear tolerant, more drought tolerant, kind of all those features you're looking for in a high quality grass seed. So as these companies develop these new varieties, that's what they're looking for. That's what they're breeding for. There's a couple uh, newer varieties coming down the pipeline here, probably hopefully releasing in 2025 from Grassland, Oregon. One is called Bombay. The other is uh, Cloud, Kentucky Bluegrass. Or more likely, if there's a decent production on it and the field's coming clean, those are going to be added to the Blue Envy Kentucky Bluegrass blend from Twin City Seed. They're starting to crossbreed. Kentucky bluegrass with what's called Texas bluegrass. One variety in particular is called SPF 30 from Landmark. So it's a bluegrass, Texas bluegrass cross. And what it is, is basically an extremely drought tolerant Kentucky bluegrass. Meaning that if you are in a full sun, high heat, dry, more sandy soil, this is going to persist better than say a common Kentucky bluegrass variety. That's interesting for sure on how that could change maybe potentially some environments, some of the landscape with with different crossbred genetics and things like that. Very interesting for sure. 
one of the biggest thorns that people talk about or gripe about with Kentucky bluegrass is just the amount of inputs that you have to put into it by way of things like fertilizer, maintenance, watering, those types of things. Let's talk about watering for a second. Uh, what can folks expect uh, in terms of their experience with watering Kentucky bluegrass, maintaining Kentucky bluegrass? So when it comes to Kentucky bluegrass, the watering isn't going to be standard throughout the season. How you water in the spring and the fall is going to differ from how you water in the summer months, especially if these drought trends continue, where when we're getting those high heat 90 degree days and we haven't seen rain in weeks, you're probably going to be out there watering as frequently as every other day. That being said, the growers out there in Oregon, Washington, etc., they are well aware that something that folks really desire is these more drought tolerant cultivars. So we are seeing steady improvements in drought tolerance, but for now I would still say every other day or maybe two to three times a week during the hotter summer months. And as things cool in the spring or in the fall, then you could water as infrequently as about once per week. For folks who have inherited a Kentucky bluegrass lawn or unknowingly have Kentucky bluegrass in their lawn, let's talk about those hot summer months and those tricky you know, seasonal weather patterns where uh, watering restrictions take place, uh, all of those things, it, can, can you let Kentucky bluegrass go dormant? What are the risks involved and what should homeowners expect um, in terms of how they experience it should they go down that path? So if you're going to let Kentucky bluegrass go dormant, you can, but to a point. Definitely if you're getting into the, that drought season or the drought time, basically stop mowing, please. Uh, if you continue to mow, you are going to kill it in a way, but... Uh, there's like a, let's say three weeks maybe before you probably, probably should think about adding water if it hasn't received anything. You know, bluegrass can be resilient too. I've seen it come back from a lot, a lot worse. So I think I'm right on, right, right in line with you where I was going to say 30 days, but that might be pushing it a little bit. You know, if you know that it's been a period of drought, your grass is starting to grow, uh, go dormant. The main thing you want to keep in mind is, uh, Let's try and limit use here where you mentioned uh, limiting your mowing for sure. But, you know, if you've got those kids and dogs that like to run around and tear up the yard, if your lawn is going dormant and the kids are running through and the dogs tearing through the yard, you're going to see yeah. some, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get tough in there. So, you know, trying to limit uh, recreation play when you that lawn starting to go dormant is going to help it recover once you start to get some precipitation. Yeah, dormant traffic can have similar damage to frost damage if you walk on it. Frost, you get a hard frost on your grass in the fall or spring. The rule is you don't walk on it. You don't do anything on it because these, the water molecules inside the plant at the crown are crystallized uh, and they act like sharp razors, sharp knives. And as soon as you step on it, you crush those knives, damaging the plant, not necessarily killing, sometimes killing if it's a deep frost light frost you could just damage the blades you'll just have a brown footprint there until the grass starts actively growing again so in a similar fashion with a dormant plant it's it's basically weak at the top so it's dry it's it doesn't have anything in it and you similarly if you crush that you're gonna damage that leaf tissue some solid information all around Andy, James, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you for allowing us to come on into your space and donating your time to chat grass with us and go over Kentucky bluegrass. Yes, thank you. Well, there you have it, Kentucky bluegrass. Now, based on what you just learned today, 
is it the right grass type for you, for your environment, for your lifestyle? Let us know. If you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments, send us a DM. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you guys have any questions, we are starting a new segment called Mo Time Mailbag. And this is, right? Yeah, it's going to slap. This is an opportunity for kind of do a Q&A session with you guys. Uh, so you, if you have any questions about grass, or I don't care if you, maybe it's about us, you want to learn more about us, you can actually head over to our website, um, to our podcast page. We'll have it linked all over our accounts. Um, and you can actually leave us um, an audio message asking Ooh. a question. And we will play your audio message on the podcast and answer your question for you. And if you don't want to record yourself, um, that's fine. You can send us an email. That is also there as an option. It'll you just click on a link and it'll pull up an email and you just send us your question. Uh, so this is a really cool segment. We want to be able to answer questions for listeners, for uh, people that watch the podcast. This is a, a great opportunity for you guys to maybe have your voice heard literally on the Lawn Feed podcast. Literally. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, if you have questions, be sure to, to visit thelawnfeed.com. And be sure to join us in our next episode as we have a conversation about the second cool season grass type that we'll be talking about. Turf type, tall fescue, TTTF. Mm. The big old turf type tall fescue, mm. big sissy grass guy for Vince, our, our buddy there. <laughs> I hate that term. Uh, hate it. <laughs> it's not going away. He's keeping it. For yes, sure. I just don't. I'll, I'm not going to hurt his feelings. He can keep saying it. No, it's fine. No. Well, thank you again to our friends over at Twin City Seed for helping us uh, with today's episode and for sponsoring the Lawn Feed Podcast Season 3. Check them out for all of your turf grass needs. And remember, all orders are 15% off now through the end of February. And also remember to elevate your lawn apparel by grabbing a new It's Mo Time or Big Grass Guy shirt at thelawnfeed.com and using promo code BRAD15 at checkout to save 15% off of your entire order there as well. So in total, that's like 30% off. And 100% of the time, it works like 60% of the time or something like that. And if you're wondering who Brad is, go leave us an audio question and maybe we'll answer. Yeah. Who's Brad? (laughs) Who's Brad? And what is he doing on this podcast? Yeah. Who knows? Thanks for the 15% off, Brad. He's good for some discounts. Uh, But on behalf of the entire crew here over at the Lawn Feed, thank you for joining us on another great episode. Stay safe out there and good luck with this week's venture of parenthood. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. See you guys.